Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, talking sports with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you uh, tuning in here this morning. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We will uh, start at about 11.30 thereabouts with our friend Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. We'll uh, take a look back at the Divisional, which just crushed it uh, off the, hit it out of the park television rating-wise. Uh, but we'll take a look back and look forward, of course, to the championship weekend. Patrick Mahomes was spotted in the gym. Looks fine, apparently. <laughs> no surprise. Uh, well, but what was he doing? He was sitting, and he looked just great sitting in that still picture, according to the people that uh, watched him walk in and watched him walk over to where he promptly took his seat. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, he brought his daughter, which was a nice daddy-daughter sure. touch. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll check in with Vinny Iyer at the bottom of the hour. On the NFL. Adam Emenecker in his normal spot. Boy, what a big one at the Knapp Center tonight, huh? Um, CBS Sports Network has it also at 8 o'clock. Uh, the Sycamores and the Bulldogs going at it. Emenecker on the Valley. Doco Pizza Company uh, will uh, uh, does make that possible. We appreciate that relationship. In fact, I'm heading there after work today. Oh, are you? I've never had Doco, and if I'm going to talk about them, I'm going to eat one, damn it. So what are you looking for here? I, kn- I know you. You've perused the menu already. I, You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for a pizza that looks like I get at Whole Foods. Okay. Because I love that pizza. With kind of the bready crust and then thin, kind of New York style. Okay, I got you. I got you. And looking at the pit pictures, looks like it's right in my wheelhouse, and I'm excited right. to get over there. What toppings? Nothing. Cheese. What? Cheese. You're a weirdo. No, I'm, che- a, I'm, a I'm cheese, health conscious. Cheese pizza. I don't mean, I'd much rather th- throw pepperoni or Canadian sure. bacon on it. But yeah. You just got to cut back every now and then. As you, you'll have, you'll go through All it. All right. Um, Cheese. My, yeah, my doctor said, if you're going to eat it, you're, I'm going to eat it. I eat it three times a week. I love pizza. Anyways, um, so that's where I'm. Doco sponsors Adam Emenecker. I look forward to catching up with him. And uh, yeah, I got to put that on the bucket list too. Next time we get pizza for the family, we'll also be trying the Doco. Uh, on the call tonight, the analyst is Mark Turgeon. Pretty I good. I didn't realize he was doing games, but kind of looking forward yeah. to hearing him. And I'm sure he's done others for CBS, so maybe he's going to be part of the NCAA tournament. Ooh, never yeah. thought about that. We'll we'll look to the future of that one. And Paul Burmeister. Yes. Because you know, how, you know how I know that? Mike Mahon, uh-huh. our friend, used to be the Drake SID and is a frequent listener to this program. We're grateful for that. And he's a Detroit Tiger fan. And he's a baseball guy. He reached out to me yesterday and said, you know, I could probably line up Burmeister if you want. I said, well, we've got Ebenecker. Uh-huh. But um, maybe I'd in the future. That's what I said to him. Put so that I'm, in the Rolodex. Absolutely. Mike. Trent, we can because I have his contact info. Oh, that is awesome. So thank you, Mike, uh, Mike Mahon, for making that possible. That's great. So, yeah, it's pretty good crew. I'm looking forward to that uh, here uh, tonight. Uh, and then, what else do we have today? Oh, John Walters, the voice of Iowa State, is going to be with us. Uh, we will. Pre- 
How could I forget about that? Just a massive tilt uh, in the valley between um, Iowa State and K-State, 5 versus 12. First of all, before we get into that, and we'll go around sports before we start looking ahead to these games, mm-hmm. Are you? I was surprised the number is 5.5, that Iowa State is favored 5.5. Now, Caleb Grill being part of it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. But I'm not sure he's going to be part of it. He didn't practice yesterday. TJ was very non-committal in his answers. In fact, as Nick Oson told us yesterday from 24-7 Sports, before the question was even asked, he that's where he went right off the bat. He wanted to you know, not answer any grill questions, just to, to put out a statement um, on his potential availability. You know, and with that, with grill, rumblings feel like, there's a better chance he misses multiple games than even plays tonight. Would that be fair? Well, it's a back injury. Right. I, and it sounds like it's something where shutting it down might help. Mm-hmm. You know, give him a week off his feet, whatever it is, and kind of go that direction. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, it's all speculation at this point. There's nothing definitive. But, you know, if TJ came out right away talking about it, right. it's got to be something pretty significant. I think so. Yeah, I think so. It's not a tweak back, right? No, there's, there's more. Where he puts some icy hot on it and you call, <laughs> get out there, kid. Uh, and and look, his defense was missed the other day. Yes, it, it was. It, it, tr- it truly was. So, uh, Trent's plays of the day, will uh, that will end the program. He's coming off another day. You didn't lose yesterday, did you? I didn't. Got a push in the Wisconsin-Northwestern game. I got Which it was three. very entertaining, by the way. Until the end, nobody could make a shot. No, but it was... Um, I learned. I hadn't seen a ton of Northwestern. That yep, was my yep. main focus, Same. was watching them, because they're coming up next a week from tonight. I think it's yes, a week yeah, from tonight. it'll be next Tuesday. Yep. Uh, at uh, at Carver, so I wanted to uh, wanted to see Northwestern play, and um, it was good. Baylor, Kansas was good last night, but to me, my favorite story of the day yesterday was not a game in in sports. Okay, you have any idea what would be favorite thing from yesterday? Not a game. Something I'm going to be able to do, and I just it just it was a struggle for me in the past few years to watch Iowa State on oh, TV. Oh, you're very well. That's been a struggle too. Yes, but it is a sporting event that I'm going to be able to tune in and turn up and watch, and not have to. Good God, I guess. live golf. No, Chip Carey, baby. Oh, he's going to be the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. I think that's a huge hire. It's a huge upgrade. Oh, it's a huge upgrade. Absolutely. We are not McLaughlin. Fans. No, not 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 uh, not away from work or at work. True. Um, and this is a huge upgrade. And this is a guy that was born uh, in St. Louis. Of course, ties to St. Louis. After all, Grandpa called St. Louis games <laughs> yep. for a long, long time. Uh, Skip's son. And uh, I think this is a big, big upgrade. Now, the only, I guess, oh, disappointing is not the right word because Jim Edmonds isn't going to call every game. Mm-hmm. I guess that that Thompson guy, what's his name? Brad Thompson, the yes, guy we couldn't yeah. figure out who it was. Who had Former a cup middle of, reliever. Yeah, a cup of coffee. He mm-hmm. wasn't there for a long time, but he's good. Um, but it, that's going to be the, uh, they're going to work the majority of Cardinal games. So no Edmonds, no McLaughlin, count me in. Much better. Yes, it is. And I we agree. want to watch more Cardinal baseball. Absolutely. Just, they move the needle here. For our ears, both of our ears, it was just a difficult mm-hmm. listen for both of us without, well, me, a rooting interest, without you having a rooting interest, but a team that matters so much in our oh, market. Sure it does. And they're good every year. And it was just tough for us uh-huh. to, to get it. There's there's just certain earbugs, right, mm-hmm. that people have that yep. for whatever reason. Believe it or not, Trent, there's a lot of folks have it with you and I. Yes, absolutely. I, I've heard plenty of things about my voice in the past, too. I get it. It can be grating. But uh-huh. ultimately, there's just certain guys that, for whatever reason, just doesn't work. That, That's me, and we were talking about Ian Eagles, kid. No Eagle. Yeah. It yeah. just, 
it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Now, can they improve? Absolutely. And he did. And when he did, I mentioned just that. But there are certain people it just doesn't work for. Ultimately, though, this is a good thing and probably a good thing for us during the summer. Yeah. As we'll be able to talk a little more yep. Cardinals because we'll be watching a little more often. Absolutely. No question about that. Because if it was between that and a random White Sox game, well, you know where I'm going to be. Sure. Just because of the broadcasters. Yep. If it's two games that are. You know, Give me any any day of the week, no doubt about and it. And the only time I would watch the Cardinals would be when it's playing the Cubs mm-hmm. or they're playing the Brewers or playing a a team that we can get in this market. It's not blacked out, or you're not forced to watch uh, the Cardinals broadcast. I love listening to Anderson on the Fox Sports Wisconsin yep. broadcast. Yep. So the Brewers when it's twins aren't on because that's always where it is for me during the baseball season. Bouncing around looking for something else. Well, it's usually Cubs second, mm-hmm. just because they matter the most. Mm-hmm. And then you get into that next tier, and because it was such a tough listen. Cardinals were kind of out a lot. That's going to change now with Kerry in there. No, no doubt about it. All right, real quick on the uh, the two championship games. Um, Cincinnati's now favored. What do we make of this? Well, I mean, have they not seen the picture of Mahomes sitting on a bench? <laughs> you love that, don't you? <laughs> you love still pictures. I mean, it feels like August here. Yeah, really. As we're breaking down practice photos for football. Now season. we didn't see him walk into the to the gym, or we right. didn't see him do anything. But he was sitting down, and he's there. He's, so he's there, Cincinnati. And not just favored, because I thought there was a pretty good chance that that could happen, that we could see this thing swing. They're favored by two and a half mm-hmm. now in Circa. I know. They're favored, two pretty much across the board everywhere else. Yep. Is this just that, the injury? Or, boy, they've won three in a row. They look so good. It makes me nervous because I like Cincinnati right away. I do, too. Oh, look at this. Cincinnati. Currently getting 85% of the tickets and 94% of the money. This is from Wager Talk. That is a huge percentage for any NFL game. Oh, boy. So help I think it. I'm going to be on the Chiefs. Yeah, almost when everybody's going one uh-huh. way, right? So what's the money breakdown and ticket breakdown for the NFC Championship where that number's going up? And as you can tell that the books are doing everything they can from having to push this number up to three. Yeah, you're looking across. It's two and a half, two and a half everywhere. Uh, Philadelphia favored, playing with juice, a minus 120 offshore, minus 115. DraftKings, Caesars have it. Circa has a minus 115. So you're right. They're going to play with that juice. They don't want to go to that three number. I already have an alert set on my phone. When we get to three, if we get to three, automatically, I'm going to jump aboard right then. You can set up those alerts on the Action Network. That's where that comes from. Again, a non-paid endorsement, mm-hmm. but something that you can also set up those alerts How there. does Action Network make their money? Just from advertisers from all the different sports books. So I'm that's sure. they have a um, they have like the promos that are up. there. Yes, right, gotcha. And then it's backslash and Action that, Network or yep. something like that. And then they're their air quote they're your customers if you sign up at mm-hmm. Action Network through one of the I gotcha, I gotcha. All right, well, uh, two and a half of both is is the number for for both of those games, both of the all of the games last week, with the exception of the NFC game at night, just because it was a blowout, the Eagles and the Giants. It still did well, uh, but the other numbers, um, television numbers just dwarfed it and in particular Cincinnati uh, did great and then the Cowboys and their America's team yes uh, but the San Francisco 49ers draw a lot of eyeballs too and I don't know maybe there's a part of the country that's caught on to this Brock Purdy story but they did a phenomenal number on that one and um, this weekend I'm guessing will be absolutely no different uh, let's talk uh, let's get Jeff in here Jeff welcome to the program thanks for being patient Jeff how are you Hello, Jeff. Hey, guys. First thing I want to talk about, shout-out to Iowa women last night. Yes. Uh, you know what? I watched a lot of that game. I'm glad you brought it up. How about some, um, 
Cesano? Yes. 11 yep. to 13. And Caitlin Clark assisted on, what was it, like 10 of her 11 buckets or something like that? 15 assists, well, triple-double. Uh, triple-double. Let me give you this stat here. Maybe maybe you guys got it last night. It's the last time a Division One player has got a triple-double, men or women, against the top two teams saw since that. Dwayne Wade did it. He's the only Kent. one. Yep, he's the only other one I saw I remember that, that game vividly, too. Do you? Because so, I was all over Kentucky. <laughs> you know, people people want to knock on Caitlin about, you know, shooting 35-footers or mm-hmm. jabbing with the refs. When she's getting her teammates involved, playing defense, not reaching, not barking at the refs, this team, now, again, here's another stat. This is the first time the Iowa women have beat a top-two AP team since 1999-2000. Huh. We're talking 20-some years in the making. When Caitlin's on, and I just don't mean by shooting, like I said before, when she's getting everybody involved and, and girls are hitting, you know, standstill corner threes, this team can be a Final Four team. So I think we need to start talking again about how this Iowa team can be contending about, you know, beating. Because their, their bugaboo is when they play top five teams, yep. they struggle. Well, here it is. Number two team that was rolling, Ohio State, and they got a win. Number two. Go ahead, Trent. No, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, Iowa State tonight. I, I mean, I'm sure you guys will touch base on it. I would work inside in with Oshuni uh, and King mm-hmm. and then work our way out to the three-point line. And they shot the ball, I mean, you know, on Sunday. If you're getting two threes from Anderson, you're getting, uh, I don't know, I think they had two, four, six. It looked like they had eight threes off the bench alone, and I'm not going to rattle off all their names. But <laughs> if they can work the ball in and if Shuni can get block shots, push it in transition, and we can get those open threes early looks in transition, fine. But this crowd better be rocking. That five-and-a-half number does seem a little bit, I don't know, maybe inflated a little. But they better take care of business tonight at home, and then we'll see well, what we're talking about tomorrow. Guys, have a good day. Yeah, thank you very much, Jeff. I'll give you another number to watch out for, too, and that's one, uh, because they're two best players. Noel is number one, and uh, Keontae Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, the big kid, is, is 11. Uh, so we'll be seeing a lot of number one and a lot of number 11 in this game uh, here tonight. I, I was surprised Iowa State's as big of a favorite. Uh, as they are right now. They're... Ken Palm has it a six-point game. Do they really? Yeah. You know, obviously, I hope they're right for crying out loud. This is a tough spot. This is now with Kansas getting picked off again, and yes. what is going on there? Three straight. Three straight. And Iowa State, if it would have, should have. Jalen Wilson, he can't do it all. And he's trying, Trent. He, he almost is. He had to last night. Grady Dick had some moments. Yeah, Dick was good, too. Good point. When they were coming back, they took the lead. And I, all right, here we go. You know, mm-hmm. they, they figured it out, mm-hmm. and then Baylor just had a response every single and, team. And Harris had nothing. Harris was god-awful yesterday for Kansas. Well, and the other thing is, before this losing streak, we saw K.J. Adams. It felt like the light bulb had turned on. Uh-huh. Right? He was the guy that you anticipated, athletic 6'7", plays bigger than that. He was figuring it out. He's gone back the other way. He's gone back to the guy that we saw you know, last year as a freshman and through the first half of this year. He's regressed back to kind of what he was, and... They need all components. Wilson's a stud. Mm-hmm. And for my money, he is right there in consideration for the Wooden Award. He is that good. National Player of the Year. He is playing at that level. But what's on with McCuller? Great question. I he loved his game at Texas to shoot Tech. It. Yes. Yeah. He's shooting 29% from three. Jesus. And he's getting good looks. I mean, they're offense. You're going to get good looks. Bill Self's team, you're always going to get looks. And he's just not hitting him. So, look, it's very simple, right? Wilson's going to get his. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the efforts are, well, let's just stop everybody else. Wilson, let him go out and get his 22-9, and nine, and he can yeah. do his thing. Grady Dick's good for 20 a night. Right, but if there's nobody else, uh-huh. if it's two guys, you yeah. can beat this team. 
And they've also taken a little step back defensively, too. I mean, the, the TCU game, TCU, they shot lights out. There's going to be those games. You just throw your hands up and say, what can Because TCU's not a great shooting no. team. That's not what they are. Just on that day, on Saturday, they were hitting everything there. So defensively, they're going to be fine. And if you still believe in this Kansas team, like I do, this is the time to buy. See, buy I'm thinking ticket. selling. <laughs> <laughs> buy that ticket. You, you think it... You don't think this team could compete? No, I'm not going to sell right now. Trent. Yeah. No, this is the worst time to do that. Right? I do. I mean, I've I've seen them. Yes, I I, I have. They're got, they need more than they need more than two guys. And yesterday mm-hmm. was Wilson and Dick. Let's give Baylor a little credit too. They're a different team when Cryer's in the lineup. Mm-hmm. He did not play when they were here to begin uh, the Big Twelve season up in Ames. Uh, different team with him on the floor. Bridges is a, is is a nice player. Flagler's painting the you know what. Uh, if you're rooting against Baylor. Um, Drew can coach, as we darn well know. Yes. So it's, look at, broken record, right? Big 12 Conference, mm-hmm. any given night. Night that ends in Y. You never know what's going to happen, and it's true. Last year, Kansas had a two-game losing streak towards the end of the season. They gave up a big lead against Baylor. And then how did it turn out, Trent? Lost to TC right after that. Oh, boy, this is not the same. They can't. W- but fast forward to the end. <laughs> and they go on and beat and the Villanova and North Carolina for a national championship. <laughs> yeah, uh, fun, fun how that worked out. Well, um, uh, Jeff's point also, Iowa State, or on Iowa last night, the uh, women's game. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark playing at the level. I mean, just ridiculous. She and, and sees poor. the floor so well. So smart. Yes. Just an intelligent player. Mm-hmm. Had seven turnovers. Their pressure really but gave Iowa But you know Iowa what it trouble. is? I mean, she, she's willing to make that... It's it, it's a it's a perfect pass. It's mm-hmm. it's going to have to be perfect. But at least she's you know she's put. It's not like it's an egregious. Oh my God, what is she thinking? Right. You no. can tell. You can see why she, you know, thought that you know maybe this might work. Susano only had four rebounds, which is a rarity for her being a post player and mm-hmm. playing inside. Well, the reason is because Ohio State's chucking up threes and not hitting anything. But you had two players, one off the bench. Anna Stalky is going to be a star herself. She is playing really really well. The freshman is that number twenty two. Uh, Stulke is 45. Okay, I don't remember. And she had 8 points, 13 rebounds, just a freshman. I wondered if Bluter, because of the injury last night as they were playing without Warnock, I wonder if she was going to put the freshman, didn't. Kept her off the bench, went with the uh, grad transfer, Davis. They came in from Central Michigan. She got the start. Hit a big three there at the beginning of the fourth quarter, too. But Stulke has a certain athleticism, a defensive ability that they're going to need, like Jeff said. Look, if they're in South Carolina's bracket, I'm sorry. It's, it's not going to happen. No, you can say that for yeah. um, Trent, anyone. If you're the two seed yeah. in that bracket, sorry, yeah. you're not going to the Final Four. Yeah, you got a bad draw. But if you're the two seed in pretty much any other place. I'll take your word for it. I don't follow as close as you. The gap between South Carolina and everybody else, it is mm-hmm. significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want it to be there with UConn. There are a few other teams that you look at. But you know, this Ohio State team is a pretty good matchup for Iowa. They're not the same defensive intensity they're going to see when they play Maryland. And that's coming up next week. That'll be a nationally televised game as Brenna Freeze will bring the Terrapins in. They play physical. When you saw them play South Carolina, physical. When you see them play earlier this year against NC State, the physicality is still something that gives them trouble. It's going to come down to who's in their bracket. If they're going to make a run, that's going to be ultra important. You know, top four seed, you get to host the first two rounds, that's important. But ultimately for Iowa, in Iowa State, you can say the same thing. Matchup dependent. If you're in the bracket with Carolina, sorry, not yeah. going to happen. If you're in another one, though, 
maybe there's a chance. Mm. No, it was uh, it was a good broadcast. It really was. I, I enjoyed watching it last night. Uh, I was back and forth between that and the uh, Northwestern Wisconsin game mm-hmm. early uh, early on uh, in the night. What uh, Carl Jeffers has been named the referee for the Super Bowl. It's his third win. I think he's a pretty good ref. Yeah, a pretty good white hat. He's not um, a guy that oh, you know, he, yeah, he's not your own boger. Boger, right? Who does that? Didn't he have a Super Bowl? I think Boger did. He did, did yeah. Bowl. His crew every single year is one of the leaders in flags throwing. Just oh boy, this is gonna this is gonna be brutal. Mm-hmm. And that's that's seemingly his crew every single time. It's not just obviously the white hat. It's right. the whole crew. No, it's, it's there's a lot of guys that. out there. His crew though throws a lot of flags. All right, until this morning at about ten minutes before the hour of eleven o'clock, I'd never seen my partner attempt to do the gritty, uh, and he walked into the <laughs> studio here this morning, and I said, "Don't spring in the step." He's dancing. What the? Hell? Oh, okay, now I get it. It's Bill O'Brien, isn't it, Trent? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and um, look, we're not there, but we're connecting dots, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's unfair to connect dots because this seemingly was the well. If X is going to happen, Y has to happen first. Or I guess if Y happens, X has to happen first. And it did. So Bill O'Brien has been hired, and he now has to, it's up to him. Uh, he needs a tight ends coach, and he needs an offensive line coach. And I know that there's a whole bunch of people in the state of Iowa that have an opinion on who she should hire. It's two people that are considered close friends. Uh-huh. Two guys that know each other from their days in New England. Yep. A lot of respect on both sides. There are at least murmurs that... Bill O'Brien tried to hire, we're talking about Brian Ferentz, tried to hire him when he was a Houston Texans coach. He wasn't ready to leave Iowa at that time. So there is a lot of connecting dots here. Go back to that report that came out, not last weekend, but the weekend before. It was from a Boston publication, and it mentioned one of the kind of hang-ups, or at least why this wasn't a quick process. A lot of people just thought Bill O'Brien's going to take over offensive coordinator, Belichick will hire him again. It's going to be smooth sailing. He wanted autonomy on who he was going to be able to hire. I don't think that's Brian Ferentz because there's already a relationship there with New England, but just in general, he wanted the ability, not only going to be the offensive coordinator, I need power. Yeah, he didn't want to be right handed people. his coaches. Yes. Right. I want to have some power here, and yeah. maybe not the whole you know, coaching staff on the offensive side, but hey, I need a couple of guys that I'm going to bring with me that I want to be working with here. Maybe that's why this took a little bit longer than we anticipated, but ultimately, it has happened. It is here. <sighs> Domino number one has fallen. Do we have more on the horizon? So if we get to uh, this time next week, do you anticipate, would you, would you anticipate that there's something cooking? I think there has to be, right? I don't, I just don't know the NFL hiring process the same level as what you have on the college side of things. So because of that, ultimately, I don't know. But yeah, you would think so, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't have, this have to come together relatively soon? What are they doing in the offseason, though? You know, what the NFL compared to, and we see pictures of Cade McNamara working out yesterday right. over in Iowa City. And boy, that still picture also got me excited. Yeah, right? Even more excited than the Patrick Mahomes one. Sitting down. <laughs> Cade McNamara without a knee brace working out in mm. Iowa City. But that is the process. I, I'm just not sure. Maybe you have a better idea. Well, I mean, I is just, that kind of how you see it? I, you know, I see it is, I think it has to happen before signing day, the second signing day, because mm-hmm. it's obviously going to be a talking point. Uh, that may be the the only time we hear from Ferentz. We, we keep waiting. We keep thinking yeah. it's any day now. Maybe he's just going to wait. So if there is that news that um, that he can put out there at that time, it's going to be awkward, though, right? Because he knows deep down, I mean, the fan base... Wants him to make that announcement that yeah. his son is moving on. 
but it's a lot easier to do this as opposed to if they would have had a press conference last week or this week answering those questions and those quotes then that can be used against him i mean Mm -hmm. how many times have we brought up we bet on ourselves those things are used that's football that was eight years ago. Right. We're still, we're talking still about, using that one. We're still talking about that's football. Those quotes can live on for a very long time. A lot easier. He doesn't have to. It's not part of his contract that he has to do a January press conference. So just wait. Well, we'll wait and see how everything kind of shuffles out. If ultimately Brian Ferentz does depart, they're not going to take the easy way out and just give the job to Bud Meyer, are they? Mm-hmm. They are. I think. Yeah, probably. I think probably so. Yeah. Uh, It's uh, time for another $1,000 slam dunk. You can go to KXNO.com. And since you're there, you can enter this nationwide keyword. Uh, It is cash. Cash. KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Head to KXNO.com. You'll see the pop-up box. Once you see it, enter the keyword cash. It's a nationwide contest. It's your chance to win $1,000 cash. KXNO.com, another opportunity coming up about an hour from now. Well, Vinny Iyer is scheduled to join us when we come back. Look forward to catching up with our friend Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. In fact, let's get right to him as we take a look at the championship weekend. Take a look back uh, at the uh, divisional round that did incredibly well television-wise, to no surprise. Vinny, Trenton, Ken uh, in Des Moines. Thanks for coming on, Vinny Iyer. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. No, I appreciate you coming on. So I guess the question that everybody's asking, right, is is uh, is Patrick Mahomes and his availability for this week. I will be shocked if he's unavailable this week. I just don't know the extent that he's going to be able to move around to do the things that he does. Uh, what, if anything, are you hearing uh, regarding uh, number 15 for the Chiefs? Yeah, I think he's going to obviously play when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply through it, but how effective is it going to be? Do they have to change their offense in any form to say, hey, we uh, don't have the same mobile quarterback as we usually do, and he has to get rid of the ball more quickly? Does that change a few things he's going to have to do? So it's a lot of uh, challenge there for this offense. They have to adjust it. And the Bengals are red hot, so every opportunity you have on offense, you got to take advantage of it. The I think the concern the Chiefs are going to have is he's not going to be able to make those extended plays, uh, moving around, those type of magical Mahomes plays may not be in play as much this week. We did see Isaiah Pacheco again with another good performance, run the football a whole lot more. Got to anticipate that's going to be part of the game plan here. And that offensive line, you know, they played well this year. They've rebuilt it on the fly going back to the Super Bowl against Tampa. They knew they had to do it differently up front, and they certainly have. The ability to run the football, I mean, can they do that? Can that be the elixir here without Mahomes being 100%? 
Yeah, I think that's what they're going to have to do. And I think the Bills abandoned the run pretty early against the Bengals. And the Bengals are an interesting run defense. I think typically they're pretty good because they have D.J. Reader and D.J. Uh, Hill in front. They can really control the action. They have pretty good linebackers as well. But you're going to have to wear them down a little bit. And that's the only chance you have because you don't want Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson coming off the edge and controlling the game that way. So it's going to be tough. I mean, then you have to be concerned is can you run the ball? Are the Bengals going to have too much success there? And that they build a lead here where that uh, part of their offense is going to be gone. So uh, it's, it's going to be tough. I think overall, the Bengals continue to have momentum. They seem to now be the favorite in a lot of places uh, because of that injury. So I, I think it's uh, really a tougher challenge for the chiefs. I think the pressure is on them a little bit more. The Bengals have gone into this situation and won before and got to the Super Bowl. So, they know what to do. They match up well against this team. So the Chiefs are just going to have to play one of their best games in quite some time. Uh, you know, I want to ask about the the one home team that uh, that didn't prevail this past weekend, and that's Buffalo, who was you know favorite, the Super Bowl favorite uh, throughout the off season, throughout the majority of the regular season. And if they weren't favored toward the end, they were co favorites along with Kansas City. But Vinny, it seems to me that that I, I, I don't know. Well, I'll ask it this way: Do you think that their window is closing? Every team's got free agency uh, to deal with. They've got a young quarterback, but it seems that this year. Uh, following their final game, they're further away than this, from the Super Bowl than they were last year. Does that feel that way to you? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is they're going to have to see how they can adjust their offense. Do they have to make improvements to the offensive line? Do they have enough weapons that they like, which is another question they didn't expect to answer. Devin Singletary is the free agent, so we'll see if they want to roll with James Cook in a more featured role, or do they need to get another back there? So. Some clear offensive questions. They did miss Brian Dable. Ken Dorsey did a good job, but I think Dable was uh, kind of right on what this uh, offense needed to do. So maybe some offensive questions. We're not sure how healthy Von Miller can be now. If he's going to be in the mix now with the situation, are some things with their secondary going to change? So, yeah, the Bills have a lot of questions. Where you look at the Bengals, they get one more year probably with Joe Burrow on a decent contract before – Things change there a little bit with their spending elsewhere. But I think with Burrow and Mahomes, these two teams are set. They're going to be in the mix every year to go after the Super Bowl. That's how good I think Burrow and Mahomes have established themselves to be. And there's been some challengers. We thought, okay, is Justin Herbert going to be in the mix? Is uh, Trevor Lawrence maybe coming? What do we think about Josh Allen? But for now, I think the teams with the highest floor in the AFC to keep intending for championships are the two teams playing the Chiefs and Bengals. Last week, Vinny, the narrative about Cincinnati was the offensive line. All the injuries up front, it was going to be difficult for them to compete with a battered offensive line, and they did it as they did a season ago getting to the Super Bowl. Do we just overlook that going into this week, or is that still something we need to talk about when we talk about the Cincinnati team? Yeah, it worked out well last week, but different team, different defensive front here for Kansas City. How much does that need to be part of the talk this week when we're talking about the Bengals' chance of going back to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think when you look at it, uh, really, and this is the secret that really no one wants to talk about, is I think, especially at the left side, I think they actually got an upgrade. I, I didn't think Jonah Williams was that great this season. I think he gave up a league-high 14 sacks. I thought Jackson Carmen played really well. And keep in mind, Carmen was the key offensive lineman for Clemson. He was in front of Trevor Lawrence. I think this guy's been a bit underused. Maybe they found 
a guy that's more regular for the left side. I think Jonah Williams might be, in the end, better suited for the right side, but they've Leo Collins there when he returns healthy. So I think the offensive line can be a big thing that we blow up. I think it's a thing to dig deep and talk about. But in the end, I mean, it's just about getting the ball out quickly. Some of these offensive lines you can't define by one thing or another that they may have a few guys that are not as good in pass protection, but those guys are also beasts of run blockers. So it's really adjusting to the strengths of each one. And that, that's what the thing is with offensive line. I think a good example would be the Bears, where they got ridiculed for having the worst offensive line in the NFL. But, yeah, they were not good at pass protection. But when you collectively put those guys together, and that's what you're looking at in a cohesive unit, they were one of the most dominant run-blocking teams in the NFL. So, that's what you have to see. you got to figure out where you can attack at certain spots, uh, depending on the strengths of your offensive line. Uh, Jerry Jones, very quickly after the game, well, he was asked about Mike McCarthy, and uh, he, he came to his defense very quickly. Do you believe it, that uh, Mike McCarthy's going to be back, or is it, was this Jerry Jones just uh, you know, wanting to avoid the question for now? Is McCarthy safe? Yeah, I think he's safe for now. We have to see how their hiring cycle plays out. It's been really slow. I mean, it's Slower than expected. I think part of that is waiting for some guys that are still coaching right now in conference championship weekend, including Nico Ryans and Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen. And then you look, uh, Eric Bieniemy's had some interviews more. Now, I don't know if the Bengals are going to lose anyone from their staff with these coaching searches, but I think there's a little bit of wait and see approach. Then there's the Sean Payton domino. So that's why I think this uh, cycle has been slower than expected here for these coaches because. Teams want to do their due diligence, interview all the candidates possible, and then there's a couple big names out there to see where they land and kind of change the landscape of everything else. You know, you mentioned Sean Payton. Does he make sense in Denver to you? And the reason I ask, Vinny, it seems like obviously they can pay him whatever he wants and money's not an, an option. But if it's up to Payton, knowing that, you know, wherever he goes, he's stuck with a quarterback who was awful, who's getting older, they don't have a one, they don't have a two, um... Does Peyton does Peyton make sense in Denver knowing it's going to be, you know, he doesn't need the job. Um, he can wait for the right job. What about Peyton in Denver? Do you think it happens or no? Well, I think of the jobs, I thought that Denver and Arizona have made the most sense because they're the least work involved, right? When you have at least you think a franchise quarterback, I know Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray had different challenges this year, but you still feel pretty comfortable that you have a quarterback that you can win with if you build well around him and give him the pieces offensively and defensively. So there's that to consider. Does he want to involve himself in a rebuild? They Houston to the highest degree, Carolina to some degree, here to try to get an offense back on track. So those are the questions that he's going to have to figure out. And also that team that goes after him has to give the Saints the right compensation. I think they're going to be aggressive and look for that first-round pick. Vinny Iyer joining us from the Sporting News. Vinny, uh, one other newsy note on the coaching side. Here in Iowa, we are waiting with bated breath for Bill O'Brien to get the Patriots job. Why did that take longer than at least some people anticipate, or is that just kind of normal practice when you're looking for a new offensive coordinator? Yeah, it's just uh, the way it uh, plays out, and I think the coordinators uh, really, there's always a carousel here. It seems like some of these guys get recycled, they go out for a year, and then they come back in. It's, there's a lot of different things to consider. What style of offense do you want to run? Who do you trust the most? Who's ready to make that leap? 
from maybe a quarterback's or wide receiver's coach to actually call the play. So a lot of things to consider. And I'm just surprised how many offensive coordinator changes we've had. Mm-hmm. The AFC, I think you have ten. I think combined with the AFC and NFC, I think you have ten. Jeez. So that that includes the that doesn't even include I don't think the head coaching openings and needing to find new staffs there. So it's a little crazy to think about. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News is our guest. Vinny uh, Brock Purdy has been unflappable. Walked into Norman. I get it. Uh, it's a it's a far cry from Norman uh, to the NFC Championship in Philadelphia. But he's never flinched. Is is my point? Uh, he played in Seattle against the Twelves on a Thursday night in short week week. 15 or whatever it was is a far cry from the NFC championship game. I'm repeating myself. Uh, Brock Purdy, uh, does, does Philadelphia get to him this week? Do you think that this, uh, is the time that he shows that, uh, that he's a rookie and, and, and maybe makes a rookie mistake or two? He's been, he doesn't make mistakes. And that is what, uh, his teammates, uh, one of the things his teammates have uh, really appreciated, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that was a big reason they won that game. And Dak Prescott made the two mistakes. Uh, Brock Purdy didn't make any. And he made the big throws that counted with some help from George Kittle. So I, I think uh, when you look at Brock Purdy, and I wrote about it a little bit, is that he needed to have a little bit of adversity, right, where things weren't going to just come free-flowing and this offense was going to be rolling. And he handled that really well, I thought. And the other thing about Purdy is that that, He's not trying to be a hero out there. He knows his talents. He knows he's playing in a loaded offense. He can adjust to the game situation. We've seen that quite a bit. If it's a shootout, we saw that against the Raiders when that game went into overtime. He was ready for the shootout. If it's a low-scoring game, you can adjust to do that, which he did because they just needed to get field goals to win the game and realize protecting the ball and just being able to make those kicks with Robbie Gold was going to beat the Cowboys where – for Dak Prescott being a veteran quarterback, not realizing that and making those mistakes in a game that they probably could have won with a couple more field goals, I think that uh, showed a lot of maturity at Purdy's part. What's the weakness of this Philadelphia Eagles team? It's a good question because they don't have a lot. Their offensive line is great. They can run the ball when they need to in the right matchups. They can pass the ball downfield. But to me, if there's anything, it's still the run defense. I think they're pretty decent. There now that they've had a better rotation, but you can still run on them. I don't think they faced offenses quite of the 49ers caliber. They did struggle, strangely, with the commanders who had some diversity in their passing game and uh, were able to have success running the ball. So I I think that's it, is the middle of the field, run defense, that kind of thing, that's tougher. I think when you look at the edges outside, whether you're looking offense or defense, that's where Philadelphia is strong, but... In the middle, maybe a little bit of weakness there in this matchup against the 49ers. What uh, Super Bowl do you anticipate we're going to see, Vinny? Is it going to be uh, the, is it the two road teams? Do the uh, home teams hold serve? What do you anticipate? Yeah, this one is going to be a lot of fun because if you look at the betting odds, wherever site you're looking at, uh, it's very tight for any of these teams to win the Super Bowl. So they're all pretty even, which is fun if you're – betting because there's uh, some juice there that you can don't have to give up to uh, get one of these teams to win the Super Bowl. But I do like the Bengals and 49ers. 49ers, I, I think you look at the two winning streaks of these teams, the way they're playing right now, it's really hard to stop them if you're anybody. So I'm just going with the momentum riding that versus the home teams that are kind of limping in here with their quarterback. 
Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He's got his latest mock draft posted. It was posted this morning. For those of you who like Vic, uh, mock drafts, uh, Vinny mentioned he's got a piece up there on Brock Purdy. He's got a whole bunch of stuff, and we'll continue to do so as we head closer to Super Bowl Sunday, but Championship Sunday first of all. Vinny, thank you for doing this. Hopefully we'll be able to track you down Super Bowl week. Thank you, Vinny. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News as we catch up with our uh, buddy. Three-time Jeopardy championship yes. and a Northwestern grad. Talked to him a little bit about his Wildcats. Said uh, he had it on last night, but he was pretty wiped out and needed a ton of writing leading into the uh, last couple yeah. of days. They're putting out the content, no yeah. doubt about it. So when we come back, speaking of college basketball, yep, I have the updated odds to win the Big Twelve, and I got to throw this at you: the Big Twelve. Okay, so by the sounds of things, Kansas isn't a favorite anymore. They are no longer the betting. Well, favorite. I don't want to ask any more questions. Yeah. I want to put my thinking cap on during the break. Uh, we'll do that when we come back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Now, get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 186. All right, Miller Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. All right, Trent Condon, we went to break, and you said you've got some odds. Well, the first thing, so after the loss last night, as you know, I'm perusing Ken Pomeroy's website, the analytical-based site of college basketball. And when I did, I clicked on the Big 12, and I just wondered what his projected numbers were for the rest of the year. Who was projected to win the conference? Well, currently, he has a four-way tie of winning the regular season (laughs) crown in the Big 12. It is Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, in Texas, well enough. All at eleven and seven in the league. Think of that. That's too many losses. I don't think. The, I don't think. No, the, it, right. It's not going to no. turn out that way. K State's six and one. Not saying that they're. I don't. Are they going to lose six more games? Maybe. The league is so tough. Texas going to lose five more games. Kansas just had a three game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Baylor has yeah. had a three game losing yeah. streak. TCU has lost three out of four. Mm-hmm. Iowa State has lost two out of three. This league is an absolute bear. I think most everybody's going to have a stretch where they lose three in a row or three out of four. And because of that, maybe they got Iowa State. They still got to go to Kansas after that. There's, that's their next two road games for K-State. Hmm. They win one of those two? I don't think so. Hmm. Well, I hope they don't lose the one in Ames. <laughs> I mean, they don't win the one in Ames, rather. They still have Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia on the road. The home schedule TCU comes in, Texas, they, they have a difficult, everybody. So, so let me, so what, what do they have Texas Tech at? Because Texas Tech is winless. They projected at 4-14. Four 4-14, and 14. Four and 14. so they get it going a little bit more. Right. All right, let's get into odds. So the betting odds, this is to win the regular season crown, and with it, the number one seed. That's a tiebreaker. If there's a tie, and you bet on this, the one seed who gets the, the one seed yep. in the tournament, that yep. is who wins your bet. Uh, these are from FanDuel's. They have basically every conference listed right now to win the regular season crown. Kansas no longer the betting favorite. They are now 3-1. to one. It is Kansas State plus 250 that is the betting favorite. Texas plus 450. 
Baylor plus 490. Mm. It's winking at me. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's peeking over there. Really liked what we saw out of them. Iowa State plus 550. They're the fifth choice. Then TCU at plus 850. TCU's four and three right now in the league. Can they get back in the, I mean, boy. This thing, I think, I think that's as far as it goes. Right. I think you'd eliminate the two Oklahoma schools, West Virginia and Texas Tech. Right. And you can play around with those six other yeah. schools. Probably not going to get better numbers than you are on Kansas right now. I don't think so. You're going to jump aboard three to one uh, currently there. Let's look at the Big Ten. Okay. Where Purdue is the overwhelming favorite. How big of a favorite for Purdue in your mind to win the crown? If you're going oh. to the Miller Casino right now, what I mean, would you it, lay? They'd it, probably plus money, but not much. No, they're minus. Are they really? They're minus 700. Holy mackerel. <laughs> right. So you might think no, there's no, a No, no, that, that's no. That's not, you can't make that bet. No, you can't. You can't lay 700. What's Michigan State? Michigan State is 40 to 1. And the only reason I'm betting him is because of Tom Izzo. I'm betting him. Indiana's also 40 to 1. Your second choice is Rutgers at 9 to 1. Illinois, the third choice at 35 to 1. Michigan is 50 to 1. And then Maryland, Northwestern, and Iowa are all 75 to 1. How about Wisconsin? I know they lost again, but they're a different team with Wall. It's just, they're three games back, though, already mm-hmm. in Purdue. Mm-hmm. Digging out of that deficit is going to be incredibly difficult. Let's jump to the Valley. We got Adam Emenecker coming in. I think this is intriguing. Before the year, Drake was an overwhelming favorite to win the regular season crown. Southern Illinois, who is in first, along with Belmont. SIU, the first choice, plus 135. Belmont, plus 230. Drake is the fourth choice at 5-1. to one. But help Where me out here. are the Panthers? They are... They have a better record than Drake. The seventh choice. But not only that, they are just a game back in the standings. Uh-huh. You and I, to win the regular season crown, is 75-1. to one. <laughs> Isn't that worth ten bucks? Look, do I, do I it think is, they're going to win? Bet it. <laughs> Apparently, it is. Then, uh, do I think they're going to win? Well, now I'm hoping for them, for your sake that they do. Seventy-five to one. That's that's yeah, ridiculous. That's, that's not right. They're doing it with smoke and mirrors. They is are, it going to hold up? Probably, probably not. not. Schedule is going to be a lot more difficult. I get all that, but they're a game back in the standings and seventy-five to one at the halfway point. Mm. I think it's worth a shot. Yeah, don't say schedule doesn't matter because Indiana State was once, so what were they, 6-0? and Right. They've lost their last four. By the way, the schedule ratcheted up in those last four, and hopefully again tonight, CBS Sports Network has it. Adam Emenecker is going to join us to talk about that. We've got tickets to give away from Brian Harden, the AD, uh, over at Drake. He's going to uh, make that possible. For you. I think Emenecker has a trivia question. Adam is next. John Walters, voice of Iowa State, toward the bottom. They are a little bit past. Hour number two next. Miller and Condon, 106.3 KFI.